to The Wow, the podcast that will provide you with the tools you need to thrive in today's society. If you're new here, then hello, I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and if you've listened before, then welcome back. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work in the suicide prevention space in a marketing and communications role in Canberra. I spend too much time socialising at the dog park with my lovely border collie Murphy and enjoy pizza on the couch with a glass of wine most Friday nights. But today we are exploring the effects of apologising and how we can be more assertive with career and leadership coach Claire Siever. We're talking about the notion behind apologising for having an opinion, for doing your job, for sharing your thoughts in a meeting. This unconscious trait women sometimes have that has evolved into constantly starting sentences with I'm sorry. Claire shares her tips on how to break this trait and be more assertive and minimize your self-doubt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, then you better come join us on Instagram at the wow podcast underscore. Hello, Claire. Welcome to the WOW podcast. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I'm very excited to delve into our conversation today. But before we begin, I will just say a quick acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on here in Canberra. I'd also like to pay our respects to the Wadjuk Noongar people of the country Claire resides on in Western Australia. I'd like to pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging. And I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners here today. So Claire, for those listeners who may not be fully versed in your expertise, would you mind filling us all in? Absolutely. So my name's Claire Sieber and I am the founder of a business called Eating Your Cake 2 which is not baked goods. It's just such a great name. I'm going to put it out there. It's so good. <laughs> I'm thinking definitely of like expanding it into a little side hustle with some cupcakes. Um, but no, Eating Your Cake too is essentially a business. I've got really two targets that I work with. The first is organisations and leaders within organisations. And I do a lot of leadership development, um, workshops, really geared around creating more self-aware, more confident and more courageous leaders that are capable of driving positive change in themselves, their teams and their organisations. And then the other part of my business is working specifically with professional and driven women um, who really just need some support getting out of their own ways, deciding on what their career game plan is, how can we accelerate their leadership, get them that promotion they deserve, amplify their presence uh, and ultimately really just get them a strategic and purposeful career game plan. So eating your cake too is really, I get this question from people all the time, so I'll just say it up front. Eating your cake too for me really came off the back of, I think probably I started, you know, my career background is uh, mostly in HR and communications. I've got about 15 years um, in, in HR particularly. And I wor- I've, I've worked in mining, oil and gas, fashion, retail, tech, communications, and I've had a number of experiences over the years, particularly working in more male-dominated environments where I will often get this question of, oh, how are you going to have a career and have children? Or how are you going to buy a house and travel the world? Or how could you do this and that? And I just really fundamentally believe that 
life doesn't have to be a trade-off. I don't have to choose between being a mother and having a career. I don't have to choose between being a, a, a profitable business owner and a human with a heart. I just, I just, I believe, so hence the name, you know, eating your cake too, which comes from the saying around, you can have your cake and eat it too, because I just really believe that you can. And that's really where, um, I guess my business has stemmed from, the methodology stems from, I'm, you know, big on humor, big on heart. uh, And I just believe that the world has the opportunity to have more human centered and heartfelt conversations. And so a lot of the work that I do with clients all over the world is really around that. So that's a bit about, about my business, a bit about me. I'm Perth gal, uh, born and bred, was living in Melbourne for about six years. Uh, had, a, had a really senior corporate role over there as the head of HR for a really large retail business. And I was uh, only in my late 20s at the time when I got promoted into that role. And I remember feeling all the feels when it came to things like imposter syndrome and self-doubt and, you know, being good enough, being old enough, all of those kinds of experiences. And oh, well, at the time, I was not the best version of myself. I call that my train wreck years. <laughs> I look back now and I just, it was the best experience I've ever had in my life. And it really set me on the trajectory um, to where I am today. And so I do, I'm such a big believer in that the hard experiences and the difficult experiences that we go through reap the biggest rewards. And they're all more often than not the things that we look back on and we go, man, that was tough, but like, holy shit, look at me now. Mm, 100%. So, yeah, that's a bit about, I mean, I could waffle on all day, but that's a bit about me in a nutshell. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And I really love, you know, what you're talking about, I think everyone can relate to. I think everyone can relate to those feelings of self-doubt. And I think when you're in your 20s, it's such a transitional, transformative period that you're going through. Like in your really finding your feet, not only in your career, but in yourself personally in trying to figure out who you are who you want to be whether you can do it all um and it's it's really hard so I mean I'm just can't wait to really delve in and pick your brains about a few things because I think you know I'm hoping that we can really leverage on your experience and knowledge here so that we can kind of hopefully feel like we have our shit a little bit more together after speaking to you we're obviously going to focus around the trait of saying sorry or apologizing. I think, you know, women in business, women in uh, all areas of life do. I don't know if I, surely I'm not the only one out there. I know that everyone does this as I don't know how it is that all women feel this way to constantly say sorry. I feel like whether you've realized that you do that and you've stopped it now, there is some point in your life where you feel really insecure about your role in situations you know you don't you you doubt your ability and so you're always apologizing it's like actually I have an idea I'd like to share sorry (laughs) it's like no share your idea but it's just the fact that it's like well we don't want to step on anyone's toes I don't want to upset anyone so it's this I don't know I can't stop saying sorry do you see this in a lot of the women that you're coaching through, you know, their careers and leadership and the changes that they're facilitating in life? Hell yes. 
Yeah, I see it everywhere. I see it even in myself still. Like, you know, case in point, even this morning, I was out shopping with my best friend and we, I caught myself even four times I caught myself today apologizing to somebody who stepped on my foot. Yeah. Or stepped in my way. Or like bumps into <laughs> you, like they bump into you and you go, oh my God, yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's absolutely everywhere and particularly with, you know, I, I see it in the professional environment all the time and a lot of the, the women that will come to me, they're, they're usually not coming purely for the reason of I say sorry all the time and I need help. There's usually a lot of other things at play, but it's, I see it everywhere and, and, I, and I used to be chronic for it as well and it was so ingrained in my own behaviour that I wasn't even aware of it most of the time. And I, and I think this is true for so many women. We grow up, you know, being told to be polite, have manners, don't be too loud, don't take up too much space. And so I almost think for a lot of us, we've been socialised into this kind of passive mindset and we've been socialised, you know, to just, to, like I said, to, to be polite and, you know, always, always be pleasant, always be liked, always be kind and well, there's that box that we've been put in just yeah. the way that, you know, I mean, so many facets of life, people like to put things in boxes because it's neat, it's tidy, it's easy, you know. And so women have been put into a box where it's like, I mean, the point that you're touching on there, there's that great video of what a woman should be. And there's, I think there's a lot of famous people in it about like, you know, a woman shouldn't be loud. A woman mm. needs to do this, needs to do that. It has to be this, be that. And I think that is the rhetoric that, you know, when you've been brought up in an environment that's told you that, and then you're trying to forge a pathway that's different it's like what can you leave behind and what do you still need to keep with you and that saying sorry seems to be the one that you keep with you yeah yeah I love that I think that is so true and it's it's not necessarily that and this is probably why so many people you know still are successful in their careers and get so far even with this habit because it's not necessarily a you know stare in your face kind of really confronting habit it just but what it does do is it slowly but surely diminishes your credibility and undermines um you know your capability and your confidence and things like that and so that's where a lot of the work that I do with women is to really try to draw awareness to some of these habits that we've just picked up for such a long period of time and and I'm so grateful to I still remember I remember the day when it was when it was brought to my attention and I was in a I was in a meeting and I, I obviously kept apologizing for my opinion or my thought or my idea or whatever it might have been. And, and somebody in that meeting pulled me aside after and they said to me, what, what are you apologizing for? And I, and I remember saying to them, what do you, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? Why am I apologizing? Because I, I had no awareness of the fact that I even was. And they're like, why do you keep saying sorry? And I'm like, I, who am I saying sorry to? I, 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 just, I just had no awareness. And they're like, in that meeting, you apologized six times why yeah and I and I think all of a sudden that day having somebody pull me aside like that and 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 draw it to my attention that way and then say to me like you're taking you're taking yourself out of the game before you're even allowing yourself to be in it Mm -hmm. by doing that it was like a light bulb kind of went off Mm -hmm. and and I and once once then I noticed it 
I noticed it everywhere. Everywhere. Like, and you I can't would... believe how much you do it. It's like saying, <sighs> um, but um, you know, yes. how everyone says, but um, <laughs> it's like yeah. you don't realize how much you say it until you realize it. And then you're like, holy shit. <laughs> it, and it is, it is everywhere. And you really, you know, things as simple as, like I said before, someone steps on your foot, you apologize, mm. or you're already standing in a lift. Somebody else gets in, the lift starts dinging because the weight's too much. You apologize for that. Yeah. Like just, you know, and they're kind of the, the low hanging fruit of like a, the impact of that's probably not that big. But when we start talking about, you know, things like careers and leadership and how we show up in that space, that's where we really can do some damage. And that's where we really can take away from our ability, you know, to show up with credibility and authority and, and build our own kind of signature presence. And so, you know, and, and sorry, just apologizing is just one part of it. Then you expand that out into, like you said, like the, the ums and the ahs and the, oh, it's just my, just my opinion, but, or just checking in, just this, just that, just a thought. Mm-hmm. And we realize how quickly we start undermining and taking away any power or authority that we have before we've even had a crack at putting it out on the table. Mm, absolutely. I was listening to an interview um, the Shameless Girls did. They have a new podcast out, out with Listener and they interviewed Laura Henshaw. And that was something that she actually brought up. And that made me go, I need to do an episode on this. Because she said that, you know, she's obviously a successful entrepreneur that runs a very incredible business. And she said that she was in this room full of really powerful people making very important decisions. And all she could realize is that she felt like she couldn't not say sorry when she had this. Sorry, I just have a question. Sorry, I was just wondering. And it's like, hang on, what am yeah. I doing? Like I am here because I know my shit. I have built this myself. Like I need to know and back myself for this. So on talking about this, you've kind of touched on how it can affect our credibility and our authority. Yeah. But, yeah, what? how does this, what is the full impact that, saying this and having these kind of traits and and not fully backing yourself and giving you that giving yourself the authority you deserve how does that play a role in like impacting us yeah great question I think I mean firstly I would say we you know as I've sort of touched on already like we we're diminishing our own credibility we're taking away our own authority in terms of our knowledge our capability our experiences and we're making ourselves appear as though we lack confidence in our own beliefs or our own opinions or our own ideas, abilities, whatever it might be. And then I think the impact of that over a period of time, you know, if I think back to previous HR roles and I think about when decisions are made in those rooms behind closed doors around, you know, who are we going to promote into this position or who's ready to step into this leadership role, Absolutely. I have seen time and time again where somebody's names come up and then the next sentence is, oh, do we feel like they're, that they're confident enough to step into that role? Do we feel like they're ready? They appear to lack confidence. They appear perhaps to not be ready because we haven't been able to demonstrate our belief in our own, back ourselves, believe our own thoughts, believe in our own opinions, and then ultimately be able to kind of articulate them concisely enough and with enough impact that others believe it too. And so the impact of 
you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that if you're just doing this every now and then, it's probably necessarily going to equal this impact. But if you're if you know that if you're listening to this podcast right now and you know that you are someone who says sorry repeatedly and you apologize repeatedly or you are umming and ahhing and apologizing for having an opinion all the time, it's possible that the impact of that in your workplace is that the leaders in that workplace might not think you're ready for that next step forward. They might not think that you are experienced enough because you're not showcasing yourself as being experienced enough when you're not able to articulate your ideas with confidence and courage and clarity. Mm. I think you're so right. And also I'm thinking about, because I know that I do this, I'm thinking about this in a way that you know, I don't know if they actually necessarily like the two can be linked to like, it can be linked to confidence, but it also can just be linked to personality traits. Like I know Mm. that I feel confident in, you know, in my role and in speaking my opinion and doing all that, but I also know I'm a goddamn people pleaser. I am such a baby girl. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, you know, it, just because you're saying sorry or you're doing your ums and your ahs or you say like you're doing all these small little, they're like, it's just self-deprecating it, but you don't even realize mm-hmm. it. It's like, I'm trying to back myself in my mind. I'm telling myself I'm backing myself, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm feeling confident, rah, rah, rah. But you don't even realize like unconsciously, verbally, you're hindering yourself and you're undoing all that work all that personal development that you've done in order to get you in that room in order to make you feel confident enough to say I have a question about that or I want to say something about this and instead of just going with it like that you start it with sorry (laughs) but I just say sorry yeah it's just crazy so how do we stop this cycle because it Mm. is a cycle it's just something that you kind of just don't even realize until you listen to a podcast like this and you go oh god that's me (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I think you know for me like I'm a I'm a big believer in really tangible and actionable tips I love to talk about feelings and I talk about feelings a lot but then I like to back everything with great now, what, what can we actually do to start driving positive change? And so for me, I mean, the first, like first and foremost, I think it's about creating awareness around the habit. And so, you know, there's a few ways. I mean, I was fortunate enough, as I said, that somebody called it out to me and that's what made it really real because the impact of it that it was having was brought to my attention by somebody else, which then made kind of that, oh, crap, this is really not, this isn't going to end well for me if I keep going this way. Whereas if you were somebody you know, sitting on the call thinking, yeah, I, this might be me, ask somebody, ask somebody in your sphere, you know, in your network, in your, a colleague that you work closely with, ask them to start calling you out when you do it and start trying to consciously draw awareness to when it's actually happening. Because like we were saying earlier, once you catch it, <laughs> once you even start catching it those first couple of times, you'll catch it every time and it'll, and it'll almost feel like poison on your lips after a while because you'll realize like, my gosh, I'm dropping this in everywhere. And that's great because that's step one. We don't know it, we can't change it. Once we know it, now we can do something with it. So the next tip that I would give, and again, this is this stuff's like a muscle, right? Like we can't, we can't think of it one time it's not and then expect switch, it to you change. You just can't flick it off. Yeah, and, like yeah. exactly. It's like when people go to the gym one time and then we're like, damn it, I'm still fat. Yeah. Like we need to, it's a muscle, right? Like we've got to work it. And so with, you know, my next tip would be around like, what 
when you catch yourself doing it, see how, what words you could swap out for, right? So for example, you're, I don't know, somebody picks up an error in a document that you've sent or an email that you've sent. And usually like certainly like past Claire would have replied with, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, how embarrassing. I'm so, 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 so sorry. Whereas now current Claire will respond with, thank you so much for picking that up. Mm. Uh, same thing, we're still acknowledging it. And then we just move on with life, right? So think about what ways you can swap sorry out for other types of language. That is another really big one um, that I encourage a lot of people to do. The, answer, the other thing that I would say, particularly in the workplace, is you're paid to have an opinion. Like that is what you are there for. You are paid a salary to have an opinion and to bring your ideas and your thought leadership to the table. No, nobody's paying you to apologize for having an idea. They're paying you to have an idea. So when we apologize for having it, I think, again, we're, we're saying, we're almost saying to our employer, like, I'm really sorry that I'm doing what you've asked me to. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so think- when you think of it like that, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And it, you kind of go, interesting. This is, this is very true. This is why I'm here. Like, so don't, you know, when you're, when you're putting an idea or a thought or an opinion or a suggestion, whatever it might be out there, don't start it with, I'm really sorry, this is just my opinion. Start it, start it with, my opinion is, because that's why you're there. So that, you know, that's sort of not so much a tip, but more of like a reframe on this piece. And then the other, the other thing that I would say as well around like how to, once you've started catching it, and I do a lot of work with clients around this, not even just around apologizing, but just generally things like, imposter syndrome and self-doubt and those kinds of things really start seeing if you can work out the themes in when it comes up so for example for some people they might find that they're apologizing or using that really sort of diminishing type relationship relationship language just in the workplace and even to narrow it further they might realize "Mm, interesting it actually only comes up when I'm sitting at a table with a lot of people who I consider to be more senior than me. It doesn't come up when I'm with my peers or it doesn't come up when I'm with my team who might report into me because I feel more confident or I feel, you know, like going back to the people pleaser thing and that with that example, maybe for that person, it's not an issue for them in that circumstance. So if you can start to narrow down and pinpoint the themes of when it happens, then that also then starts giving you some clues to start digging a little deeper to think about what is this really about and start unpacking a little bit more. You know, again, if it's something that you only notice yourself doing when you're in front of large crowds, okay, that might be the work we've got to do. If you only notice that you do it in front of your boss, okay, that might be the work we've got to do. If you notice yourself doing it everywhere, that's obviously the habit, but then the deeper conversation might be around, you know, is there a self-limiting belief in there around inconveniencing people or taking up space or something like that, that you then might want to get to the root cause of. But the most important thing you can do is draw awareness to it. That would be my number one tip. Get somebody, allocate somebody that role of like calling you out on your shit. 
No, I, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just like listening to you going, oh my God, you're so right. You're just so right about it all. <laughs> so we got a listener question sent in and it's actually, it's a really good one. So it's from Zoe and Zoe wants to know, how can you shed crippling self-doubt? I feel like we've all been there before. Mm. So yeah, please give us your yeah. words. Yeah, I love this question. And like self-doubt is one of my best friends we're very close we're very well acquainted with each other um but I've certainly learned over the years that I mean the first thing I would say is I am not one of those uh and there's plenty of them out there I am not one of those uh people who will sit here and say that you know one two three steps and self-doubt will be banished and gone forever that's that is that those words will not come out of my mouth because I believe that self when those thoughts of self-doubt come up, it's usually because when we're out of our comfort zone and the little gremlins that sneak up on us and we start having that inner dialogue around like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not experienced enough. People are going to realize I don't deserve to be here. All of those kinds of thoughts usually just come from a place of discomfort and they come from a place where our brain is like, ah, alert, alert, alert. This is uncomfortable. I feel unsafe. There's a threat here. Retreat, retreat. So your brain is really just doing what it thinks it's supposed to do to keep you safe. And so removing the self-doubt completely, in my opinion, would mean we're not challenging ourselves enough. Because if we never experience those feelings of self-doubt, are we really pushing ourselves as much as what we could? So the question then becomes, when the self-doubt does show up, what questions do we need to ask ourselves to then manage it accordingly? What questions do we need to ask ourselves to minimise the negative energy and the negative time, which ultimately takes away from you, that we then spend thinking about those stories that we're telling ourselves instead of taking action and doing something about it. So the first thing that I would say then to Zoe is dip, dip into, see if you can work out when the self-doubt shows up, because I bet you, bet you a hundred bucks that it doesn't show up every moment of every day about everything. There are things that you would do every day on autopilot with total confidence that you don't even think about, right? Because they're comfortable. You've done them enough times. They feel comfortable now. Like driving a car. Exactly. You don't doubt that. Exactly. Riding a bike, like, you know, answering your phone. There are taking a shower. There are things you do every day that you don't feel self-doubt about. You feel totally confident, totally calm doing those things because you've done them enough times. You've got enough data to prove to yourself that you can. So the first thing I would say is work out, see if you can work out when it shows up. The second thing that I would then say is collect data, right? Give back yourself with data and evidence so that you can then tell yourself and tell your brain when it's telling you, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. You've got evidence that you can show your brain that says, no, I'm good. I've got this. I've done X, Y, and Z before. Sure, they might not be exactly the same as this particular task, but I've done X, Y, and Z before. I, I can do hard things. I can do difficult things. 
look at me. I've done them heaps of times before. This is no different. So collect, collect data and then use the data to support you. So take that data, remind yourself of the fact that you have done difficult things before. This is just another one. And those things that used to feel really difficult that to you now you do on autopilot, that you do with ease, this thing will feel like that too eventually. You just have to give yourself enough evidence of the fact that you can. So, you know, I mean, there's a whole, like, like self-doubt is an imposter is like a huge space. Like we should do another episode just on that. Um, but that, that would be, you know, to answer Zoe's question, that would be where I would start. Absolutely. Yeah, I can so relate to that as well. To think like, the self-doubt that I had when I started this podcast to now, I'm like, I love jumping on and chatting to people. But at the beginning I was like, oh God, Georgina, no one is going to want to listen to you. Like, You know, it's just like, but now that I've done like so many episodes, I'm like, oh, it just feels like another fun conversation. Like, why wouldn't I want to go do that? Exactly. You've collected data. You're using the data to support yourself now. Yeah. I love it. So how can we be more assertive? Uh, we've kind of chatted about the, you know, the sorriness that and, and that trait and the habit that we can have in that and how that can kind of affect, you know, our authority in a workplace. Yeah. But switching to assertiveness and, and especially in kind of verbally being assertive and making sure yeah. not only verbally but in our body language, all of the above, like why is it important? How do we do it? Yeah. Yeah. Assertiveness is such an interesting one because what, what I find often have often with clients and even, and I think there's an element of me that even used to fall into this bucket years ago as well. We, we forget, we forget almost that there's actually this massive space that sits between being passive and aggressive right? And yes, you can be passive aggressive too. But in terms of like that passive, I don't want to speak up. I don't, I don't set boundaries. I don't know how to say no. Like there is a massive gap that sits between being passive and being massively aggressive. But often what I see play out is that somebody one day decides, I'm done with this. I'm so sick of being walked all over. I'm sick of being a doormat. I'm sick of letting people speak over me you know, keep giving me tasks that I can't, I don't have time for. I'm sick of being spoken over and my ideas not being heard. Like I've had a gut pull. I'm done. I'm going to become, I'm going to become assertive. But what I see end up playing out is we like, we bypass, we go straight past assertive and, and we go into aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we then kind of pick up these behaviors that are then almost polarizing for the people around us because We've had a gut full of where we were at, but now we've adopted behaviours that are, you know, so far removed from where we were that that in itself almost then creates a whole other set of issues. And so we miss this space in between, which is where assertiveness sits. Assertiveness is still respecting other people's opinions and ideas. Assertiveness is still, you know, respecting that people might have a difference of opinion to you. Assertiveness is still saying yes sometimes, but it's also having boundaries and strength to also say no. So assertiveness is really that middle space and that's where I see it play out uh, and can have some really negative impact sometimes is when, we, when we, we just play in extremes. 
we don't we don't do this dance in the middle, which is where assertiveness lives, and that is where you are in the best position to build influence, to build, you know, relationships is by not sitting at either end of the spectrum and sitting in the middle there. So, you know, for example, like boundaries is a huge one that often comes up for me personally, but I see it come up a lot with clients. And, you know, and, and you mentioned people pleasing before. I am a chronic people pleaser as well, right? So you may also struggle sometimes to say no because you want to please everybody. And you also want to do, like FOMO is a real thing too. Like I get mad FOMO. So I want to do everything all the time. (laughs) No, not at all. And so that, you know, for example, somebody asks you to do something and somebody that, you know, doesn't have strong boundaries and doesn't feel able to be assertive will probably just say yes and then become resentful or agitated or annoyed by the fact that they've done that because they were not assertive enough to say no. Whereas we can still, we can still have boundaries and be strong without being an asshole, right? <laughs> like we can, still, we can still say like, you know, somebody asks us to do something that we don't want to do. Okay, cool. We can say, I love, I love this little framework because I think that it is just the duck's nuts. No reason alternative, right? I can't go for coffee with you tomorrow. I've already got plans, but I'm free Sunday. Let's catch up then. Mm. no reason alternative right we haven't just gone nah and we also haven't said yeah sure <laughs> i don't have time for this but sure right that's that is assertiveness in action that is assertiveness right we're not being passive and we are not being aggressive we are being assertive we're respecting ourselves whilst we're still respecting others and we're honoring our needs without pushing them onto other people Absolutely. And you know what? The best one that I've heard for workplace environments, because, you know, if anyone is like me and just says, oh, yeah, I can do that for you. Yeah, no worries. Just put it on my desk. I'll get to it later. Like, you know, what you're saying in those that three step process, it's, oh, George, can do you mind? I need you to just quickly whip up this. Can you do it for me later? It's like, oh, I can have a look at it. Oh, let me have a look at my schedule. Um, I've got a lot on today. I've got to prioritize these tasks first. Let me see if I can fit it in. If I can't, maybe I'll squeeze it in tomorrow. If I can, I'll let you know. Like, you know, you don't have to say yes on the spot as well. Like give yourself time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, that's exactly right. Being able to say, I'm actually not sure right now. Let me come back to you. That in itself is hugely powerful. But so often we we allow ourselves to be sort of pushed. We think we're being pushed into a space where we have to say yes because we can't say no. That we don't even give ourselves time to then think about it as well. And then we what I what I see play out is then we get resentful for that. And the best the best like one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given that I use to this day is if you keep giving people will keep taking and that's your fault, not theirs. And I remember when somebody said that to me and it like stung a lot, but it stung because it was true. If there's free chocolates getting given away, you're not going to stop taking them. Like <laughs> Exactly. And why would I? No one's telling me to. Yeah. There's no, reper- <laughs> no repercussions from me taking this chocolate. This is really working for me. This person seems happy enough. They're, they're smiling. They're smiling at me. Sure, they're walking away, going around the corner and crying, but I don't see that. 
I just see them going, sure. hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. And so like uh, you've just kind of mentioned a few, but do you have any more tips when it comes to navigating that environment? Yeah, I, I think start small. So like to, to my point earlier around where I see pay, people play in extremes because they've, they've woken up one day and they've had a trigger and they've decided they've had a gutful and then they, they, they're living in extremes. So my advice is, Start small, but be consistent. So, you know, tapping back into this kind of boundaries conversation, because that probably resonates with a lot of people, whether that's in work or in life, just pick one thing to say no to, right? The next time somebody asks you to do something at work, just try that one thing, right? No reason alternative. I can't, or I can do this. I can't do this. This is why. But again, this is what I can do. Start with that. And then reflect, see how you feel about it, see what happens, right? And then all of a sudden you go, holy crap, nothing happened. And more often than not, the other thing I see all the time is, and I, and I fall victim to this too, is so somebody sends you an email and it doesn't have a, you know, it might just say, oh, this is probably more relevant when I was in a previous corporate role. So my CEO would send me an email and I'd just say, hey, Claire, can you get this to me? Can you get some information on X, Y, and Z to me, Right. I then put myself into a tizzy because I'm like, oh my God, I don't have time for this. I've got all these other things, blah, 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 blah. But I'll, I'll, I'll work the midnight, burn the midnight oil getting it done. Mm. And then I'll send it to him. And then he'll come back the next day and be like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. This wasn't urgent at all though, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because I didn't ask or I didn't put myself first, right? I didn't step into my own authority and say, I'm super busy right now. I could get this to you in, say, two days' time. Would that be okay? Of which case he would have said, oh, yeah, it's a week's fine even, right? Yet how much pressure and stress do we put on ourselves because we, don't, we, don't, we aren't assertive enough to either ask a question, a clarifying question, or to exercise any kind of boundary if we can't do it. So that's where I would definitely say start small, but be consistent and then just keep chipping away at it more and more. Um, the, other, the other piece of advice I would say is as much as you can keep your emotions in check. And when I say that, I don't mean don't have emotions. We all have emotions and we should all feel what we need to feel. But the second that we get, it, we get emotional when we're trying to be assertive. We're not being assertive anymore. We're not being assertive anymore. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes then that might boil over again into the aggression space where we're just losing people now or it, we step back again into this passive sort of space and we're not saying or being concise and explicit in any of what our needs are because we've let the emotion take over. So that would probably be the other um, piece that I would say. And then the, we've, spoken a, we've spoken a lot about qualifying words so again trying to catch yourself when you're saying things like I could be wrong but or it's just my opinion but or I'm so sorry but my opinion's different but right like see how we can catch ourselves doing that because that that is removing any level of assertive uh, like any level of assertiveness that we've got we we take that away from ourselves when we add this kind of language on the front and then the last one that I last little tip that I would give and I love this love this one, is get comfortable with the power of the pause. 
get comfortable saying your piece, asking your question, and then pausing. And even though every part of you will want to speak and every part of you will be sweating, you'll probably, you'll probably be sweating, panicking, hold it, hold the silence. Because that in itself is a level of assertiveness. That in itself commands a level of authority. And it is hugely powerful when you say your piece and then you just let, let it marinate so, and then somebody else will speak first. Mm. Instead, of, instead of the, I can't, sorry, I can't really do this right now because I've got a lot on and I, I just got this and, you know, and then I was hoping to do that as well. And I just don't think I can do it all. Like you just had to say, I can't do that right now because I'm busy. Yeah. Leave yeah. It at that. yeah. 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 Let me, let me give you this example of and this is probably again another another topic in itself but I have I have interviewed hundreds and thousands thousands of of people over the years for for roles and I got to the point where I would literally call people back twice after their interview once as the as the kind of head recruiter with the outcome of the interview then I would call them back as just Claire Sieber woman to woman we need to have a conversation. Don't you ever, ever do this again? Because I would have women sit in interviews and when that question comes up around what are your salary expectations and they would panic or, and then they would say, they would say whatever it was, but then they would panic at the, they would panic at the one or two seconds of silence while the recruiter and the hiring manager are reflecting on, you know, is that within band? Can we accommodate that? Whatever it might be. And in that one to two seconds of pause, they panicked at the pause and would then say something else like, oh, but I'll take whatever you'll give me. No! <laughs> and so, you know, that right there is like a perfect example of where the power of the, where, we, where we're not owning the power of the pause and we are not stepping into our own authority and, and, and being assertive in what we want. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's such a good, like, example as well. There's, like, sometimes situations are just uncomfortable and you just have to sit in the discomfort and know that if you hold it there, it will be okay, but you don't get yeah. what you want by undermining your expectations. <laughs> that exactly. is so good. So what's, uh, you kind of just, you, you had a bit of a, this is my best piece of advice um, that I've ever been given, but I'm hoping you might have another one and I'm hoping it might be to do with leadership a little bit because, um, I mean, all of this is kind of touching on really good leadership skills and, and I think I'd just love to know what the best piece <laughs> of leadership advice is that you've been given. Yeah, this was a really hard question, Um actually, because I have had so many pieces of gold over the years. But the, the one that, that stood out to me was people don't care about you as much as you think they do. Mm. And at first, that sounds really harsh. And you're <laughs> like, ouch, well, that's rude. But people don't care about you as much as you think they do. And this is actually one of the most empowering thoughts of all, because once, once you really accept that people aren't lying awake at night, thinking about the things that you did or didn't say in a meeting or the idea that you did or didn't put on the table, they're busy, man. They're busy. They've got a life, as do you. 
And so once you once you realize that people don't care about you as much as you think that they did, it is the most freeing, empowering feeling. And this weight comes off your shoulders. And it's funny because isn't it funny how once we actually take the pressure off ourselves and we take the weight that we put on ourselves off our shoulders, we start to naturally step into our own leadership authority and our own presence naturally because all of a sudden we're able to be ourselves and so that for me was one of the best pieces of leadership advice that I've ever had and it it changed the game for me Mm, absolutely I think that can change the game the game with self-doubt as well like you know if if you're trying to go to sleep at night and you're going oh my God, I wonder if my boss took that the wrong way and just thought I was being a real bitch because I said it like, you know, I didn't apologize before I said my opinion or, you know, maybe I didn't say my opinion in a kind enough way. They're not going to be thinking about the way that you said it. They're not, man. They're thinking about the Netflix show that they're watching. (laughs) And do you have a motto or quote when it comes Mm. to, you know, self-doubt, saying sorry, all of this stuff, leadership that you'd like to share? Yeah, I've got, I've got two <laughs> um, because I can't count. But the, <laughs> the first one is, you know, the, the only person you should try to be better than is the person that you were yesterday. Uh, and I think that just really resonates with me because like, I'm a highly driven, kind of high achievement oriented person and it can be easy to continue to look outwards at what you see everybody else doing and compare their highlight reel with your low light reel. And only person who loses out of that is you. And it is a waste of energy and it's misguided because you're not seeing what those people have been through. You're not seeing their low light reel. You're just making assumptions based on what you see. So that would be the first one. And then the second one would be perfectionism is self-abuse of the highest order. And that was another one that Again, when someone said that to me, it it stung a little. Yeah, because it it's true. Yep. <laughs> it <burns. laughs> I'm like reading that one, going, "Oh shit, that's me." <laughs> but it's so right. Oh, they're wonderful. Well, Claire, we're coming towards the end. So before we say our goodbyes, shameless self plug. How can people find you? What services do you offer to our listeners? In case they want to hit you up, yeah, mm-hmm. please share all the good stuff. Fantastic. Yeah, so the best places to check me out is via my website, which is eatingyourcake2.com.au. I live on LinkedIn. So hit me up on LinkedIn. Would love to connect uh, with anybody who wants to reach out. So just look up Claire Sieber and you will find me. Uh, I also am on Instagram at eatingyourcake2. And I do post a little bit on there, but um, majority of my content really will be posted um, through my newsletter. So if you jump on my website, you can sign up for my blog and for my newsletter. And that gives you access to all the content when it drops, all of my freebies, all of my special offers. Um, In terms of working with me, there is really only two ways to work with me one-on-one. And the first is through my exclusive private one-on-one coaching program. I only take a limited number uh, of one-on-one clients every year um, for a few reasons. One, I'm quite busy, but also I want to make sure that I'm never over committing and that the clients I do take get every bit of gold from me that they deserve. 
Um, so there's that. And then I also run a program one-on-one called Sell Yourself with Confidence. And that taps into a lot of the things that we've spoken around today and walks you through in a really structured way, kind of how you can accelerate your career, amplify your leadership presence, and really get a career strategy and game plan in place um, and get, get the career that you want and the career that you are capable of. So yeah, that is, that is kind of how to find me in a nutshell. So hopefully a few people will reach out. I love a good yarn, love a good chat. Feel free to book one of my calls. If you've got any questions at all, I'm a pretty open book, so don't hold back. There's just so many good things there for everyone to jump on. So I'll put all the links to um, those things in the show notes for you guys to go check Claire out further. Otherwise, Claire, thank you so much. This has been such a delight. I've so enjoyed your company in chatting today. Um, So thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. Great way to end the week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed it. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow and tune in next week. Otherwise, in the meantime, you better come join us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Roll, get it, get it.